Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hello everyone, and I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the Anchor app and how I got my start with the Uptempo podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome uh, welcome you into another episode of the Uptempo podcast. Uh, today is December 26, 2021. I hope everybody had a, uh, had a great Christmas. Uh, Got to socialize with the family. Just uh, really, uh, really good blessings, and uh, and uh, everybody enjoyed it. I know I had a three-year-old who had an absolute blast. Santa was good to her, and uh, and we had a great time. A lot of good eats, and uh, it was it was a heck of a year. So, uh, just want to talk a little bit about what we got going on tonight. We uh, we have Dalton Garrett joining us. Big, uh, big Florida guy. I've had him on here one time, and uh, finally got him back on here. He's been pretty busy. Uh, he's a he's a uh, head baseball coach, middle school baseball coach here in Mobile at Sims Middle School. He uh, he's you know, like I said in a previous episode, he's playing. He's been planning a wedding. Uh, got got the holidays going on. Uh, he's he's just you know been really been really jammed up for time. So uh, we we finally got him on here tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the portal moves for Florida and what uh, what Billy Napier's got going on, and uh, and then we're going to move to uh, some New Year Six bowl picks. I think we got uh, Michigan State and Pitt in the Peach. We got Notre Dame and OK State in the Fiesta. We got Ohio State and Utah in the Granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Then we got Baylor and Ole Miss in the Sugar. And then we got our two uh, two playoff games. We got Cincy and Bama leading it off in the first one, and then the nightcap we got Georgia and Michigan. So we're going to go over both of you know all of them, both of the playoff games, and uh, and first I'm going to kick it to uh, I'm going to kick it to DG, and and he's going to give us a little rundown of what's been going on at Florida here lately. And uh, so go ahead, man, take it away. Yeah, appreciate it, Blake. Um, yeah, man, uh, Florida's got a lot going on. Last couple of days, um, 
Billy Napier's been making hires left and right. They knew he would as soon as uh, the season ended, obviously, and the new staff was officially moving in and all the old guys were um, packing their bags and getting out. But he he made a few more hires the last couple of days, just more of recruiting people, nothing really huge as far as on-field staff. We're still waiting on a few of the rumored guys, which are all NFL guys, uh, one being – the O-line's coach for the uh, New York Giants, then the defensive line coach for the Bears, and then the um, cornerbacks, linebackers coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, both um, both guys, the defensive line guy was once as far as his Chris Rump, and the guy from the Giants' name is Rob Sale or Rob, Rob Saul or something like that. He, uh, coached, he coached previously with Billy Napier at – uh, ULL, and then went to the job for the Giants. And they're saying it's going to be a huge hire as far as recruiting goes. And then the one from the Vikings, the guy's name is Carl Scott. He was previously on Alabama staff, known as a really good recruiter as well. So those are the few names that Florida fans can be looking forward to um, in the coming weeks because neither one – neither the most likely those three teams will not be in the playoffs for the NFL. I think the only one of those three that still has a chance would be the Vikings. But once those guys' seasons are over, I think they're going to officially make the move to Gainesville onto the Billy Napier staff, which will be good with, you know, having about a month of month and a half work to do their um, finishing touches on this year's recruiting class. So that's um, some news as far as the hiring goes. Some huge news yesterday for Farley fans was that Ventrell Miller, our linebacker who was out this season with a torn bicep, announced he was going to return for what I think will be his fifth, maybe sixth year. I'm not quite sure which one. Um, I don't know if this was his real senior year and next year would be his medical redshirt senior year or if he's got a COVID year somewhere in there or what. And then another player announced yesterday, Justin Shorter, that he was going to be returning as well, one of our most likely leaders. He'll probably be our wide receiver one, I'd say, going into next year. Uh, big big time guy was five star at high school went to Penn State transferred into Florida, um, so those are two huge huge um, gets. Even though they're not really portal gets or recruits high school kids, it's big time that Billy Napier was able to talk to those guys and I guess convince them to come back and be a part of what he's building next year in Florida. Love that, love to hear that. Uh, what was the uh, what was the the portal QB from Ohio State? Um, uh, Jack Miller. Jack, Jack Miller. Miller. Yeah, yeah, we got Jack Miller from Ohio State. That's a big one. Um, not necessarily sure how much he'll, you know, if he'll be really much of the in the quarterback battle next year. I'm sure he will be. I don't know why we'd go get a guy out of the portal just to come in and watch. But, you know, all signs point, obviously, for any Florida fan to Anthony Richardson being a starting quarterback next year if, if, he's, if, he's, if he's able to stay healthy. But, you know, it's never a bad thing to get somebody who can come in and push him a little bit. Especially when it's somebody from Ohio State, because you know we're not. No, no, there's not a whole lot of guys that just get get to play at Ohio State for you know fun. So he 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 was a four star guy at high school as well. So really talented kid. Good get out of the portal. I think you know it's uh, a position of need for Florida with Emory Jones leaving and not having really a ton of playing time left on the roster. I mean, Anthony Richardson played some this year when he was healthy, but then the other two guys, uh, Carlos Del Rio. And Jalen Kitna, both true freshmen this year, didn't see the field at all. So it's going to be a quarterback room full of inexperience. And even now, bringing in Jack Miller, he didn't. He was a third string at Ohio State and was actually um, released, I guess you'd say, from the team earlier in the season when he got his DUI. So mm. he doesn't have a ton of playing time either. So going into next year, you're going to have a room of quarterbacks with a total of maybe 15 quarters of playing time under their belt, which – Sure, seems like a bad thing, but to me, starting a new starting a new era with Billy Napier, maybe it's, maybe it's just a fresh start all the way around, a fresh start through the whole building. So, um, good, exciting things to look forward to for Florida fans. Yeah, uh, I really, uh, I really like listening to that, and and you know, I know there was some 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 tragedy uh, that that come over Twitter, I believe last week. Uh, the kid who tragically passed away wasn't uh, 
what, what was his name? Uh, Roper. Uh, Rob, yeah, Robbie Robbie Roper. He played at, uh, at Roswell High School in Georgia. Yeah, uh, what wasn't Florida kind of getting on to him a little bit? Yeah, a lot. A lot of people were. Um, a lot of people were getting on his tape recently. Uh, he was named, I want to say, the seven A or whatever the highest classification in Georgia is there. The region he played in, he was named the seven A or whatever quarterback of the year, player of the year. He has some really incredible stats. I saw a couple of things on Twitter comparing his stats to a couple of other quarterbacks in the state. One who's committed to, or signed with Georgia. And another one, I can't remember quite where he was going, but it was two of the bigger name quarterbacks uh, in the country. But those two, one of those guys played one A ball, and one of them played two A ball. So they were just saying, like, well, you know, even though these guys have all the high profile names and they're the big guys, everybody knows about. You know, Roper was able to do it in the in the upper you know upper class of Georgia high school football. But um, yeah, Florida was I think pushing pretty hard. I don't know if he had come, I don't know if he had gotten the offer yet. But rumor on Twitter and, you know, all the talking heads that have to do with Florida were pretty sure he was going to get that offer. And um, it's unfortunate what happened, especially with with um, the type of surgery it was. I don't think it was anything super major or anything that should have been a life-threatening thing. But um, unfortunately, like you said, yeah, he, he did pass away. So our thoughts and prayers are obviously out to that family. I know a lot of the guys from Florida, even ones who – um, are still on the team now. We're tweeting to the family. A couple of guys either played with him in high school or knew him or were from the same area, played in the same schools. We're putting out a lot of stuff about him. So, uh, yeah, it, it was it was not only a big thing for college football, you know, recruiting-wise, high school kids, but it definitely hit home for some of the Florida guys as well. Yeah, man, it was very unfortunate. And, and like you said, you know, prayers out to his family and friends and, and and that whole community, uh, I, I got on I got on Twitter and and saw it and you know I I was you know I didn't even know the kid and, and I was upset because you know you don't want to see anything like that and and I watched I went and watched his highlights and man the dude could play yeah and and the the one interview they had with him when when. He uh he took it took it around the left end and and, and scored and you know the, they showed that highlight and they had an interview with him post game and and he was just so excited and and they come back and they had just won knocked off a, a you know a, a huge team over there in Georgia and and you could just see that that he was a gamer and he just had a bright future man and and you know we hate to see it and and we want to wish his family again and. And you know that that's a terrible tragedy, but um, you know, moving on from that, uh, I do want to I do want to preview these uh, these New Year Six bowl picks that we've got these bowl games. And uh, but first, you know, man, before before we get into that, I wanted to get your thoughts because now, I mean, you know, I mean, it it just feels like people are dropping like flies, DG and and. I mean, a couple of more games were canceled today, and and how do you feel? Me and me and Dalton, me and Dalton Lane talked about it, you know, a little bit. We've had we've had our our talks about it. But how do you feel about COVID and and canceling the games and and all of that with with these twenty twenty one year old kids? I mean, give me your thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a Super touchy subject around the country right now. Uh, whether you're on the side of hey, it's a good idea or it's a terrible idea, let them play. Um, I kind of fall in the middle. I mean, I think it's they've played this whole entire season. While all of a sudden, just because it's getting bad now, we're canceling games again. Uh, I'm sure there. You know, obviously, I'm sure there've been COVID cases for certain teams and you know staffs throughout the season since August. Um, yeah, maybe it's ramping up, but it seems to me like some of the teams maybe you know they have two or three kids test positive. I know this will happen in Texas and them. They only they didn't have this, they didn't have a ton of people test positive, but they also had a bunch of people injured and all this kind of stuff. So I don't I'm not saying they use COVID as an excuse, but they were able to finagle their way through and not be able to play the game and get out of it. And then uh, just all the while ago, Miami. I'm not even sure. I think they were playing like the Tonys. You know. Tony the Tiger Bowl or something like that. Yeah. 
their their bowl just got or they just backed out. I don't know if the bowl game got canceled, but I know they just backed out because of COVID. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I mean, I hate it. You know, you hate it for the guys that are seniors and the ones who are, you know, don't have a chance of playing in the next level. It's going to be their last games, and they their seasons end like that. But uh, as far as canceling the games, man, I I, I think it's. Like I said, I just think it's unfortunate. I don't know that it's a. I don't. I don't know if I can say it's a good idea or a bad idea. I mean, if if it's, yeah. if the, if it's, if it's running through a program that bad, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it is the best thing to do because you know some of these guys. I mean, if you got your twenty-two starters, you know, on paper, and let's say fifteen of those guys are sick, I mean, yeah, sure, you could throw out your other, you know, your second string and let those guys get some play, but then you run into the fact, okay, what if you know three of those guys get injured. You, you kind of start running a depth a depth thing. And, yeah. Uh, I think I think that's – you would like to think that's the reason they're, they're canceling these games is just these teams, if, you know, you have 10 or so kids get sick, you kind of start running into a depth issue. But we but we both know, you know, that's that's not the point of this, this – that's not the point at this time. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're – mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't – I really don't even know, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy to me, honestly, that that they're they're letting it affect. All of a sudden, it's just now. It's all of a sudden a huge deal again. Where it's, you know, it's it has it never went away to begin with, but now now all of a sudden they're making it out to be this super bad thing like they did the very first time it came around. So, I don't and, know. And, and see, and you know, that's that's my thing with it. It is, you know. You don't you don't see the NFL and the NBA and all that canceling stuff and and you know they're sending people to the protocol left and right but hey like like the NBA uh, commissioner said that hey you know we don't care we're still gonna play you know that's my thing is like COVID never went away and guess what DG it's not going away yeah so you know we're uh I think we got to learn to live with it and and I think these kids are in the best shape of their life. And you know, I do get your your depth issue and all that, and so it's it's a it's a what do they say? It's a, a double uh you know double edged sword or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I just hate it for the kids, man. But uh, get getting to these uh, New Year's Six bowl picks. Um, you know, we got Michigan State and Pitt kicking it off in the Peach Bowl, and uh, you know, as you know, Kenneth Walker, he he opted out for Michigan State and of course we all know Kenny Pickett he opted out for Pitt so uh, kicking it off here man who do you like in this uh in this Peach Bowl game uh man I think you know it's it's unfortunate obviously they're both superstars from both teams are not playing the game but you know you kind of understand to an extent because I mean you know I've seen a lot of a lot of NFL draft stuff having Pickett going first round, not even you know top five, top ten. So if you're if you're him, I totally understand. Kenneth Walker being you know one of the top running backs, we know running backs wear and tear. You know ends their careers much sooner than most players. Where they might he might only play in the league five seven years that are good years. So uh, now I mean, does one game is one game one last game going to really make that big of a difference? Maybe not, but. I see where those guys go with that. So, but as far as the game, man, I I've seen Pitt play once or twice this year. I've seen Michigan State play. I've seen Pitt play in the uh, ACC championship game. They look pretty good, but that's obviously with Kenny Pickett. And I've seen Michigan State play when they played Ohio State and got drummed. But then I also saw them play Michigan, who's in the playoffs and they beat Michigan. Um, but to me, man, with a month of practice, I think it's a lot easier to replace a running back than it is a quarterback or someone, especially someone who started for you all season and led you to an AC championship. I, so, you know, with both star players missing, I think it's a less of a toll on a team to lose your star running back. I think you got enough depth at running back to where you can just kind of plug and play, hopefully. But, no, you know, your starting quarterback still there. Your signal caller still there. Nothing else should really change a ton. So, my pick for the Peach Bowl with man is going to be Michigan State. Yeah, and and to piggyback off that a little bit is is you know Michigan State they love to run the football and one one key thing I do want to throw out man is Pitt's front uh, they're elite uh, Pitt only allowed ninety one point eight rushing yards per game only two point seven yards per attempt all right <clears throat> but like you said if if Pitt still had Kenny Pickett in this game 
hey, I think we're all rolling pit on this one if, if he was playing. Because Michigan State, we saw that secondary get torched against Ohio State. I yeah. Mean, it was over after the third, uh, third drive of the game. C.J. Stroud just – I mean, he was tossing it all around the yard. And Michigan State had the worst secondary in college football. So, with Kenny Pickett, if he would have played, no doubt I, I take Pitt. Yeah, without sure. Kenny Pickett, and like you said, replacing Kenneth Walker a, a tad bit easier. I think Michigan State makes enough plays. Uh, they're a two-and-a-half-point two favorite. I think Michigan State covers the two-and-a-half, and I think they win. Um, I'm not saying that, that they're going to win by two scores. I think they win by a touchdown. And I think it's going to be a, a, a really good game. I think it's going to be hard hitting. I think uh, Pitt wants to. I think Pitt wants to show a little something even after they win the ACC championship with Kenny Pickett moving on. And uh, but I think ultimately Michigan State. Uh, I think they make enough plays and win the game. So yeah, uh, I, and let me add, add one thing about that. Yeah, uh, I just I just remember, man, that. Um, Pitt, Pitt's got that kid from USC, Keys and Slovis coming in. So, shoot, man, if you're the quarterback at Pitt, you know, the the guy's going to get the start in this game, man. You go out there and you throw the kitchen sink at him. You you, you try to have an A day. This is your audition for next year. I mean, they're bringing this new guy in because they might not think you're good enough to be the starting quarterback. So, um, you know, it, 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 it damn sure could turn into a shootout if they let that kid get rolling and they let him play a little bit and see what he's got. Because we can't forget they also got the Blitnikoff winner at wide receiver. So, um, I think Pitt – I think, like you said, I think it's – I agree. I think it's going to be a good, good game. I think it might be one of the better of the bowl games, especially the New Year's Six. I think it might be one of the underrated games out of all of them. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to see how a team reacts and, you know, how a team bounces back after their quarterback does decide to not play the game. So, let's see – you know, Pitt might rally around the new guy. Pitt might rally around the guy who's playing. But, again, like we both said, Replacing the quarterback is a lot harder than replacing a running back. So, because it's not like it's not like Kenneth Walker's the only one that touched the ball all season in the backfield. They got other running backs who's carried some of the load a little bit. So it's not like it's going to be a whole new change in offense tank type thing. So, yeah, I think I think Michigan State in the two and a half is a good pick. Well, moving on, uh, we're going to go to the uh, Fiesta Bowl. We got Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, and. Uh, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that one. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about this game. I think this one also has a, a real good chance to be to be a good one. Yeah, man, I agree. I think, uh, like you said, I think they – I think this is another – man. I think this is one of the better years so far that I've seen in the last few as far as the bowl games being – at least the New Year's Six Bowls being pretty good bowls, like pretty good matchups, so, you know, like, Last few years, you've had a couple that were kind of questionable, and then you have this year. It don't seem like the big name teams. Like man, yeah, sure, you got Michigan State, Pitt. Like that's not a game anybody was looking forward to against the season. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Baylor, Ohio State, Utah. But I mean, if you look at them on paper, a lot of a lot of really good matchups, um, good athletes, good players on the field. I think uh, I know Notre Dame coming in. They got a good quarterback, Jack Cohn. Um, had a pretty good year. I'm looking at his stats right now. I mean, he had 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, he did his thing for the most part. They um, Defense is good, but it's that's another thing, man. Another huge thing. I think this team's going to rally. I think they're going to have a lot of a lot of grit, a lot of fire, especially with the way uh, Brian Kelly just kind of left mm. out, of, out of the dust. I think I think the guys are huge, huge uh, fans of Marcus Freeman. You can just no tell. If you saw the video when they announced him as the coach, even though I think, I think a lot of people knew he was going to get the job, but once, once they announced it, that that video they released of you know the team how they reacted and responded, uh, I think shows how much they love him as their coach. Uh, I think they kind of rally around that, and that's not to say Oklahoma State's not a good team. I think Oklahoma State has a really, really good defense. I know they um, they were one of the top ranked defense all year, but if you remember Oklahoma State's defensive coordinator left to go to Ohio State. Mm. Um, so, you never know. Not that, you know, not that the scheme's going to change or anything, but uh, that could be – that could be a huge loss for them maybe. And, I mean, I watched I watched Oklahoma State play in Bedlam game and I watched them play in the Big 12 championship game and I wasn't overly impressed with their offense. I think Spencer Sanders is a good player, but I think he – 
can make he, he makes mistakes that that happen to be in like bad times. Obviously quarterbacks Man. are gonna make mistakes. Obviously they're gonna make bad throws, but it seems like he makes a point, you know, let's say Notre Dame goes down to score, Oklahoma State needs to respond, it's like he throws a pick or last minute drop you know, last last minute of the second half or first half, big you know, big drive to try to get some points on the board, he fumbles the ball. It just seemed like every yeah. time it needed needed a momentum change, something bad happened for him. Yeah, and you know, I mean, he threw four picks in 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 that Big Twelve championship, and 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 DG, they were they were bad picks. Yeah, they like, weren't good. Yeah, like receivers' hands or were bad picks. Like, I mean, he struggled, and and they were what a centimeter away from still winning that game because of their defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm looking at something right here. Uh, Eight fewest points in the country for Oklahoma State's defense this year. Eight fewest points in the country. And uh, but hey, guess what? Notre Dame—they were number nine in scoring defense as well. So, I, I think yeah. uh, I think this game, man, I think it's going to be a good one. I think, I, like I like I said about the Peach Bowl, man, I, I think it's going to be hard hitting. I think Notre Dame's got something to prove in this game. I think they are—they're uh, out to. To show Brian Kelly up, uh, they they want to really, really uh, stand up for Freeman, and uh, I th- I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win this game. I think it's gonna be uh, something like I think it could possibly be something like Notre Dame twenty seven, Oklahoma State twenty four. Notre Dame on a maybe winning field goal. I think it could be that close. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think Notre Dame, you know, something like that twenty eight. 17, 28, 20, yeah. somewhere in that range. You know, good game for the most part for the whole game. And then maybe, you know, last five minutes or so, Notre Dame scores a touchdown, kicks a field goal to put it put it, put it, it pretty much out of reach. Because, like I said, I, I think Oklahoma State, this is probably going to be one of the better quarterbacks they've played all season because I know the, the Big 12 was lacking this year in quarterback play. Because um, I know the first time they played Baylor – they had they played their starting quarterback, and then in the Big Twelve Championship game, they played a, a, a quarterback who hadn't played all season from Baylor, and uh, that kid was able to. Man, I'm not saying light him up, but he he had a really good game. And Jack Cohn's played some big games in his career before, you know, at Wisconsin and now at Notre Dame this year. You know, Notre, Notre Dame they were number five in the country. I mean, they, they were on the doorstep of being in the playoffs. I mean, they beat Cincinnati and they're they're in the playoffs. So, like I said, I think Notre Dame's. Uh, a playoff caliber team. I think they're out to prove something. I think they're out to show, hey, Brian Kelly, look, you left us to go coach LSU, but we, we're we're a much better ball club than LSU is right now. So I like Notre Dame and the points minus they're they're going they're giving they're only a one and a half point favorite. So I like that Notre Dame and the, and the line. So uh, like I said, Notre Dame 28, 20, 28, 17, somewhere around that range. Mm. I like that. Um... So now we move on to the granddaddy of them all, DG. Uh, we got Ohio State and Utah. Let me hear your thoughts on that one. Man, I think uh, I think it's a good matchup on paper, but when it comes down to it at the end, I think Ohio State's got too many athletes. I think people – I think obviously Utah won the Pac-12. Utah got hot at the end of the season. Recent, You know, the recency bias type thing. Like, oh, man, they look so good the last few weeks. But, sure, they played the same – they played Oregon back-to-back games. Like, Oregon – how how good was Oregon? You know, obviously everybody stays on how good of a coach Mario Cristobal is and how impressive of a recruiter he is. But yeah, he's been recruiting them good classes up there for the last three or four years. But what did he do with them? I mean, he had a top five quarterback on his team, and they barely won their own conference. So I mean, um, I think Oregon has athletes. Maybe you know this question: Is Kayvon Thibodeau going to be playing in that game? I I do not believe so i think he uh i think he is sitting out for the draft yeah i mean yeah i mean i think he's possibly the number one pick so we can't blame him there um i think that's a huge difference maker i think Kayvon thibodeau is a as a game changer i think he wrecks the game on defense but i don't think oregon has the guys on offense to really keep up um ohio state was a good team all season they had two losses obviously their last game we saw him play it didn't look good but their offense is explosive. If I'm looking right now, they're averaging 551 yards a game. I mean, Woo. that's that's in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's in the Big Ten. When the Big Ten's got some good defense, and not just like they're out there. It's not the Big Ten ain't like the old, old, old like the old Big Twelve was. Um, 
sure, Michigan beat him, whatever, 41 to 27 or whatever the score was, but CJ Stroud, he's different. He's, he had, I mean, he threw for 360 plus yards, I think, that game. And if he doesn't lose that game, we might be sitting here talking about him winning the Heisman Trophy. So I think that's true. I think Ohio State offensively just got, they got too much firepower. I don't even, I mean, if it gets into a shootout, I think they're going to win. I don't know that they, I don't know if there's a way they lose this game unless Utah just comes in and is able to handle the line of scrimmage and run the ball. But other than that, because that's how we saw Michigan beat them. That's how I mean, Michigan was able to beat Ohio State because of their offensive line and being able to control the run game and keep the ball out of C.J. Strauss' hands and make him play catch-up all day. But, um, you know, Utah's known – Usually for having a pretty good defense. So, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have some good stuff thrown at them. But I don't know if you saw the other day on Twitter. It might have been Instagram. C.J. Stroud posted a picture of, like, him. And, like, the Heisman Trophy was kind of in the in the foreground. Like, you could see the Heisman Trophy, like, cut out. And he was sitting – and you could see him sitting behind it and said, this is what turns us into villains or something like that. And it, mm. So, I, I think he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder. Like, hey, look, like, sure, Bryce Young won. Sure, Bryce Young did this and had a great season. But – don't forget about me, and don't forget that I'm going to be back next year as well. So, I think Ohio State comes out, man. I'm not sure what the line is. Do you got it in front of you? I do not. Let me look it up real quick. Ohio State. Let's see, Fiesta Bowl. So, give me your give me, give me what you think, man, uh, how you think the going is going to go. So, I, uh, I'm looking at this game, and, you know, I hear a lot of talking heads. They, uh, you know, they're, well, Utah, you know, they, they – they worked Oregon twice, and Oregon walked into the shoe, and, and they beat Ohio State. And, you know, I don't really pay attention to a lot of that. Uh, I think Ohio State, you know, they, they got worked against Michigan the last game of the year. Uh, I, I think they're going to come out ready to play. I think another thing, like you said, with C.J. Stroud is I watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? And during the Heisman Trophy ceremony, uh, um, what's his name from Michigan? Desmond Howard. He took a dig on national TV to C.J. Stroud about his offensive line with Aiden Hutchinson standing right there. And you could feel the awkwardness of that moment. Yeah. And I just saw C.J. Stroud. I just saw something. It was like something come over him, and he said, hey, I'll never lose to Michigan again, all right? And I'm about to torch everybody from here on out, all right? Because you just embarrassed me on national TV. And I think Ohio State comes out, and I think, like you said, that there's there's just too many weapons on Ohio State. And uh, one thing I do want to let people know about this Utah team, I've watched them play a couple times this year. And if you haven't watched Utah play, they got a safety, and he's from Peach, uh, Peachtree City, Georgia. He's number six. His name's Cole Bishop. Watching people, he can play football. He can get up around the line of scrimmage. He can do it all. He can he, he can pa- pass coverage, everything, man. He is a complete player. He's a headhunter. He's a freshman. He's 6'2", 205, and he's a go-getter, man, and – Utah does have – they they have talent. Kyle Whittingham has, has been low-key out there, and he's just been winning, 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 man. But uh, I think this is just uh, – I'm not going to say Ohio State's going to blow them out, but, but I think, they, they, like you said, they just got too many dudes, man. And, and I think something like, uh, like 38 to 21, 38 to 24, something along those lines. Uh, but what's the spread? Spread six Ohio State six and a half. So six and I, a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, like I said, I think I'm on the same page, man. I, like I said, I watched Utah play a few times. When they play, man, they look impressive. They fly to the ball, defense. They they head hunt. They play the defense like back before targeting was a thing. They play defense out there trying to hurt somebody, which you like seeing. But um, like I said, I, I think Ohio State with C.J. Stroud, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. The freshman Henderson running back. I just think they got too many guys on offense. That Jackson uh, Smith kid, they. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. They have elite talent on offense. I just don't know that Utah's seen an offense like this all season. So I don't know that they're going to be able to keep up. If they are able to slow them down a little bit, how good is Utah's offense? Are they able to keep up? Um, if it turns into a shootout, I like Ohio State big. But like you said, I think Ohio State covers. I think Ohio State wins by that six and a half. So I'm going to take Ohio State maybe uh, 45 to 24. I like, I like Ohio State big in this game. I think Ohio State's had to prove a point. They're coming back next year ready to ready to roll. Love that. So now we move on to the Sugar Bowl. We <laughs> hey man, the lane train. He's got he's got Oxford, Mississippi. He's got them bumping, DG. Uh we got Ole Miss and Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. Uh Lane got them to ten wins. Uh super impressive job. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, Lane Kiffin's a, a dude. I like Lane Kiffin as a coach. I know when when Florida was out of coach, that was my name is getting circulated around. I like I like the idea for a little while, but once I kind of looked into it, Lane Kiffin seems like he's just a little bit more of an immature version of Dan Mullen. A good coach, hell of an X and O's guy, but um, kind of goofy acting. I mean, we've seen his interviews. We've seen the way he acted during the Tennessee game. Like, sure, it's funny. It gets, you know, it gets the retweets on Twitter. It gets all the people talking. But uh, when it comes down to, you know, the respect factor and recruiting and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people say he's not not known as one of the better recruiters as far as a head coach. Um, but we know he knows how to call plays, and he's got a dog for a quarterback. So, uh, man, I I don't know if this is me just being a, I'm a, being a huge Matt Corral guy or being a fan of the SEC, but I don't see Baylor having a shot in hell in winning this football game. If they win this football game, I would be, I would be stunned. I'd be stunned if they even – competitive much past the first quarter. I think I think Ole Miss comes in uh, ready, kind of proving a point. I mean, it's Matt Corral's last game in, in the Rebels uniform. I think he's coming out. They're going to let him go out there and shine. You know, he's, he's a projected first-round pick. Kenny Pickett's not playing. Lane Kiffin's one of those guys. He knows, hey, my guy and Kenny Pickett, they're the top two quarterbacks in this draft. The other guy didn't get to play his bowl game. I'm going to let my dude put on a show on national television, primetime, Sugar Bowl, uh, I think I think Matt Corral comes out and has a field day. Not you know, not only throwing the ball, running the ball because a lot of people a lot of people hold, you know, Matt Corral's you know, oh he's not that big, he's a little bitty guy. But if you've if if you've been able to watch Matt Corral play football this year, man, that dude plays with a lot of heart, a lot of grit. Right. He he looks like he might weigh a buck fifty, but he goes out there, he runs them little read option plays. He'll put his head in your chest and run you smooth slap over if he has to. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people respect Matt Corral because I know there's a lot of rumors floating around. Oh, you know, first-round pick, quarterback, there's no reason for him to play in this game. But I saw an interview with him the other day. He's like, man, I came here I came here to play football. You know, I came here for my, you know, three or four years to do my thing. He said, we, we got the 10 wins. We're in a huge bowl game. We're in the Sugar Bowl. He said, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right if I let my guys down. Like, you know, if you're a GM in the NFL and you're thinking about you need a quarterback, that that's the kind of stuff you look at. You look at – Man, this dude can ball on the field, but he's also got control of his locker room. He's out of the respect of his locker room. He, 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 you know, he's out there to prove a point. He's out there to show, hey, man, like these guys have been here with me all year. I'm not backing down on them in this last game. We're gonna go out and ride high. Um, I think Ole Miss, man. Like I said, I think they roll. I think Ole Miss wins mm-hmm. by two, three touchdowns. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'm. Look, Dave Aranda, Baylor. And you won the Big 12. Uh, hell of a job this year. 
and and Dave Aranda's a hell of a coach. Uh, they're 36th in total defense, I believe. Uh, he's got the Baylor Bears flying to the football. The, they're they're doing a great job. I think they're only giving up like I think it's like four yards of play, maybe. Uh, man, just just kudos to Baylor, man, and Dave Aranda. But I think, like you said, uh, Ole Miss comes out. Matt Corral has a field day. He uh, he lights it up. They're down there in New Orleans. COVID, no COVID. He's gonna have the people in the streets on Bourbon Street. He's gonna have the city bumping the Superdome, baby. Uh, Matt Corral is gonna light it up. And I like Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss to hang. I'm gonna say it's gonna be 45. I'm gonna say 45 to 31. Ole Miss. Okay, I like that. Man, I'm looking right now, and it looks like Baylor is actually the favorite. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't put it past them. Uh, don't put it past Baylor now. I, I believe they're going to go with Blake Sharpen. Uh, he replaced Bo Hannon, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and, and he played in the Big 12 championship. Uh, looked really good in the first half of that game. And then come out in the second half, he had a couple struggles. Uh, I think Oklahoma State made some adjustments. And uh, he, he – you know, he kind of struggled a little bit in that second half. But Baylor's got some weapons, man. They got uh, they got the Smith kid at running back. He was a 1,400-yard rusher. And uh, they got the Treston, uh, I think his name's uh, Ebnar or Ebnar. Uh, and I, I think he ran for like seven, 800 yards as well, man. So so they got some dudes. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go out, you know, and 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 lay an egg against Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is gonna just wipe them off the mat because uh, that you know I don't think that's Dave Aranda, but I, I do think Baylor puts up points. But I, yeah. I like Ole Miss, man. I, I don't I don't see Matt Corral going out in his last game a loser. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm on Ole Miss, man. I like I like the lane train to go out there and let us do have one one more big game in SEC country. I mean, hey, a lot of people I forgot. Dave Miranda was at LSU. He was at D.C. with that championship team, man. So, he knows what it takes to win the SEC. I'm sure he's, he's got them boys fired up. He's probably telling them, hey, man, they don't they – you know, they think the Big 12 is, you know, nowhere near as good as the SEC. You know, hyping them up, getting them ready for this ball game. But, I, like I said, I just – as a fan of college football, man, it's Matt Corral's a good story. Matt Corral's a good guy, a fun guy to cheer for. He, you know, he brings excitement to the game. Him and Lane Kevin both, like, just – how much they love each other. You can see their relationship when they talk about it on TV, man. It's, it's exciting to see. Um, like you said, I think I think Ole Miss, even as a team, man, I think they go out trying to send Corral out in a good, you know, a good way. You know, that's the first quarterback they've had in a while that's going to come in, go out as a first-round pick. Um, another thing Lane's going to be trying to do, I think he might be using this as a recruiting pitch. I know everybody's seen Arch Manning announced he's going to be at the game. So if you're Lane, if you're Lane, if you're Lane Kiffin, man, you let Macarella that thing eat just so he can not only go out on top, but also show hey, show Arch, hey, look, dude, you come play, you come play in Oxford with me, man. We are gonna have you rolling too. So, uh, like I said, Ole Miss is a one point underdog. So I like Ole Miss in this one. I'm gonna say, shoot, man, I'm a, I like I, I like picking the random score sometimes. Let's say 37 to 26, 37 26. Mm. Ole Miss. I like that. Hey, one more one more thing to add on to that. Folks, if you ain't watched Sam Williams play for Ole Miss, <laughs> give him a uh, give him a watch. Tune into the game, people. Uh, dude is an absolute stud for Ole Miss. Uh, just just check him out, and and I'm I'm telling you, you're gonna see him. Uh, you're gonna see him uh, playing on Sundays. He's uh, he's number seven, and he is a freak of nature. He's six four, two sixty five. He's from uh, Montgomery, Alabama, D lineman, and he is a go-getter. He's going to wreak havoc in the backfield, and uh, he <laughs> he's a special talent. So keep your eye on him. Watch him. You'll love him. I promise. He he brings it. He's got a he's got a high motor, and and he can play he can play football. So uh, moving on, we uh, we go to the college football playoffs, man, and uh, kicks off Friday at two thirty, uh, two thirty Central Time. We got first up the Cotton Bowl. We got Cincinnati, and they're out here screaming, they want Bama, DG. They want Bama. Who do you got? 
Oh, man, just like everybody else in the country, dude. I think uh, when people say that we want Bama junk, I think it just fires them dudes up even more than they already are. I think somehow, man, you got a bunch of five stars on the football team. They've been dominant for the last 10, 10 plus years. Somehow Nick Saban gets them dudes fired up to where they believe they're underdogs or where people are doubting them again. Uh, Heisman Trophy quarterback, best wide receiver in the country, best defensive player in the country, best coach of all time. Man, as much as I hate and do not like Alabama, man, I just feel like the train keeps rolling, dude. I, I think they come in. I think we know Bryce Young is ready to ball, but I think Jameson Williams comes in. He's been here. He's, I'm sure he's heard all the talk about the, the the sauce kid, sauce gardener from Cincinnati, about how he hasn't given up a touchdown, this and that. Jameson mm. Williams felt disrespected because he didn't win the bulletin call. Mm. I feel like he, he comes out ready to put on a show. Will Anderson comes out, man. Didn't get invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Didn't win the Buckets Award. Didn't win any really big-time defensive awards he should have won. I think he comes out somehow being a five-star guy, man. Saban, like I said, somehow – Somehow convinces these dudes for every game that they, they got to have a chip on their shoulder. I think I think them dudes come out uh, ready to roll. Now I'm not going I'm not going to discount Cincinnati, man. I think Cincinnati. I think they're going they're going to be out ready to prove a point as well. I think they're trying to you know they're doing this for all the little guys. I think they're out there trying to make it look hey, the little guys need a shot at this. So I think man, I, Alabama wins the game. I don't think it's going to be you know, 51 to 14 or anything crazy like that. I don't think Alabama goes in and blows the doors off. Um, I think Cincinnati holds their own maybe for half. I think Cincinnati keeps it close, maybe, you know, something like 17-7 halftime type score. Mm-hmm. But I think they come back from halftime, and I think Alabama makes a few adjustments at halftime, kind of gets their offense clicking like they wanted to get clicking. I think final score somewhere in the 38-20, 38-17 range, somewhere, somewhere about in that ball game, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay, um, I uh, man, I just don't see Cincinnati staying on the field. Um, I've tried to look, I've tried to look at it, and man, I think Will Anderson is gonna live in Cincinnati's backfield, and he's got fifteen and a half sacks on the year, ninety-one tackles. <clears throat> I think he is going to wreak havoc in this football game. And uh, what, what's the uh, what's Cincinnati's quarterback Ritter? Desmond yeah, Ritter. Yeah, Des- Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Look, he'll he'll make a mistake, and and if if you make if you make a mistake to Alabama, if you make a mistake to Alabama, you're in trouble. And we we've seen it over the years, especially if they. If they turn it into six, if you make a mistake, turn the ball over, and they score, it's 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 so hard to come back and beat Alabama when they're scoring defensive touchdowns or special teams touchdowns. You better not let them run a kickback or a punt back because if they do, you can just pack it all up and you can you can hit the tunnel and you can go back home. And and I know Cincinnati's got playmakers. I know they're supposedly the best secondary in the country. But I don't think that they have seen dudes like Jameson Williams, Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, you know, uh, you got Brian Robinson. Just, man, Alabama's got so many weapons. Uh, Billingsley, uh, just, man, we could keep going and going and going. And I don't know if, if Cincinnati's defensive line can get pressure on Bryce Young. And, and what happens when they do get pressure, D.G.? You know, Bryce Young's been making these <laughs> Houdini plays, man. Yeah. And I just – I've tried to see them keeping it close, DG, and I can't, man. I can't. And and I know they played Georgia last year and they kept it close and Georgia barely beat them. And, and I could be totally wrong. You know, we never know. But I like Alabama big. And, and, and like you said, I don't think it's going to be like 52 to 14 – or anything like that, I, I see something like uh, like like you were saying thirty eight, you know seventeen or or uh, you know thirty four to you know thirty four to fourteen or I just like yeah. Alabama big and I don't know if Cincinnati can keep up, man. I really yeah. don't. 
Yeah, man. I, I, like I said, I, I don't know. I don't see it becoming like a complete blowout. But I think Alabama wins comfortably. I think they win. Where sure, thirty-four twenty. The Alabama fans might not seem like he's bad enough, but I think it's a thirty-four twenty where it's Alabama's in control from the kick to the very end of the game. I think Alabama, uh, you know, first drive comes out, they have the ball. I think they probably go down, and take it for six. If they don't, I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna be knocking some heads off on defense. Um, that one. One small little thing I want to throw in there about this right? they're running back, Jerome Ford, is an Alabama transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he comes out with a little chip on his shoulder, want, want to prove something to Nick Saban, which I don't know why you'd want to do that. But especially when you look at Alabama's running back, you know, running back room, they got six five stars on the side. So it's like, look, look dude, they went in the room. So, I mean, he, tra- yeah. he, tra- he transferred to Cincinnati, had a hell of a season, 19 touchdowns, uh, a little more than 1,200 yards. I mean, he, he's mm. a good back. Good back, but it's just, man, like, I don't know. I don't see how, like you said, I don't see how Cincinnati keeps it keeps it that close. You know, all season we heard about how good defense Georgia was, how good their defensive line was. Did their defensive line get any pressure on Bryce Young? No. Mm-hmm. You know, they got this, you know, they got all these superstar defensive linemen and linebackers who weren't able to get pressure on Bryce Young. Sure. Cincinnati secondary might be elite, and I, I think they are elite. I mean, I don't know that they've played elite talent like Alabama's got, but I think they got some dogs. I mean, they got some some really good players. They've they've give, they've intercepted the ball eighteen times, and they're only yeah. giving up they're only giving up one hundred and sixty eight yards a game, which is second in the country. But um, like we said, man, they they haven't seen the dogs Alabama's got. They haven't seen Bryce Young. They've seen what's the best quarter they may have seen is what the guy in their name maybe. Yeah. Uh, they haven't played a ton of elite quarterbacks, man. So I think it kind of gets to be the Georgia game. I think, I mean, Georgia was able to keep it close for a little while. Obviously, Georgia hopped on Alabama quickly, but once Alabama was able to kind of dig their feet in the dirt, get everything rolling like they wanted to get rolling, they were able to, um, able to, you know, do their thing. So Alabama was a 13 point pick with both of our predictions saying 38 20 or, you know, 34 14. We both picked Alabama to cover. Um, hell, that might be a bad pick. I mean, Alabama might win by 14, or, you know, they might win by 13 and a half or 12 and a half or, you know, whatever. But, you know, Vegas ain't stupid, man. They, they know how to put these lines to where you got to make a pick one way or the other. So, uh, I think I'm going to stick with Alabama minus the 13 to beat them. Like I said, 38-20, somewhere in that, somewhere in that ballpark like we both said. Well, before we wrap this up, I, I just – I do want to go down through here and – uh They've played Miami of Ohio, Murray State, Indiana, Notre Dame, Temple, UCF, Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, South Florida, Southern Methodist, East Carolina, and Houston. A lot, a lot of elite quarterbacks on our list, Blake. That 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 is true. Um, <laughs> and 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 um, uh, the the Navy thing, man. Look, one thing I do want to say about the whole Navy game is people are like, oh, you know, they only beat Navy twenty-seven to twenty. Look, man, that triple option is is super super tough to defend. Okay, and and I know that you know their offense played terrible in that game. Um, go, you know, if you go back and watch the film, but man, Navy can give can give somebody problems. Oh right? yeah, man. Like I you mean, don't you don't how do you, how do you, I mean like if you're not a team that plays. The triple option, you can't really practice it. You don't even have a scout team that runs the triple option. Like that's yeah, that's a that's a tough week of game planning, man. So I, I don't look at that too seriously, man. Um real quick before we move on from this game, uh so the the, the over the over under is fifty eight and a half. You think we, we get that over or under that? Fifty eight and a half. Do we uh you know what I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we get over fifty eight points. Um Oh man, I don't know. No, yeah, that, no. that's tough, man. That's a lot, that, especially with both of our predictions. You know, 30, yeah, yeah. 20, that's fifty-eight round of money, so it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say no, we don't, because because I think I said I think I said like thirty-seven to 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 seventeen or thirty-eight to seventeen or something like that. Yeah, I mean, oh man. No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under fifty-eight and a half. Uh, yeah, and 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 I like Alabama, so. Uh, moving on, we uh we got the last one, the the nightcap this coming Friday night. We got the Georgia Bulldogs 
and the Michigan Wolverines in the Orange Bowl in Miami, Florida. Uh, kudos to Michigan man, uh, Coach Harbaugh, knocking the door down, getting in there. Uh, they reeled all five straight uh, after the Michigan State debacle uh, collapsed. They, uh, I think they beat their last five opponents by an average of like 24 points a game. They they throttled Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. It wasn't even close. They were out there playing backyard football in the third quarter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't close. And uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a freak. He's a uh, – He's a dude. He's a player. Um, I'm 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 curious to see how I'm curious to see how this Michigan defense. You know, if they if they start getting pressure on on Stetson Bennett, uh, can can Stetson can Stetson step up and make the throws? Because man, we started watching Bama get pressure on him. He, it's like, it's like he started just everything was. Hey, let's start zeroing it in on Bowers. And did you get that feeling? Yeah, man, I did. But you know, if you know, if you remember the SEC championship game, Bowers he, he went crazy. So I mean, to zero in on Bowers might be his best bet. But um, another thing I think you know that you're gonna notice in this game, I think George Pickens was able to clear the COVID stuff. So. That adds another hell of a playmaker on the outside for them. So now you got Bowers, who's possibly the best tight end in the country already as a true freshman, mm. and now you bring back a you know an elite wide receiver, a first round pick type wide receiver who hadn't played but one or two games all season. He's fresh. He should be ready to roll. I think you know. So yes, I don't think Stetson Bennett is a you know a prototypical national championship looking quarterback. I don't think he he's gonna wow you. We saw in the Alabama game, if that game, if it turned into a shootout, he's not going to win you the game. But this this game will, you know, if this if this game turned into a shootout, I think it would shock. It would shock a lot of people, not just me and you, but a lot of the the big time talking heads. I mean, sure, both offenses average, you know, one uh, Georgia averages thirty nine point four game, and Michigan is thirty seven point seven. But you know, we saw we saw what Georgia did against Alabama. They didn't. Once after Alabama figured out what was going on, kind of got their defense set up. Georgia didn't move the ball well. Um, Michigan is a heavy, heavy run the ball game. I think, I think we're going. It's kind of funny, man. We got one game where both offenses, you know, Desmond Ritter and Cincinnati can score a lot of points. Alabama's going to score a lot of points. So we got one that's kind of potential of being a high scoring game. And I think we got this one. These teams are both built by the same. You know, you got Aiden Hutchinson on Michigan's line. And you got the other kid. I think Ojulari might be his name. Yeah, I they think got, it's something. Yeah, it, yeah, they got they got two elite D, D, defensive linemen, defensive ends. Where Georgia's got you know Jordan Davis, the Kobe Dean. They got the dogs on deep. You know the linebackers, mm-hmm. um, the other defensive linemen. But they got. I was talking to a buddy the other day that um that works for the Senior Bowl and does some stuff. He was saying a lot of the NFL scouts are bigger on. Georgia's backup linebacker Jalen Tindall, uh, Tundall or Tyndall or something like that than they are in the Kobe Dean. And the Kobe Dean's, you know, considered one of the best linebackers in the country. So, I think mm-hmm. both defenses have – or both teams, my, my bad, have both very elite defenses. So, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, a lot of, you know, both offenses struggling, I think. You know, that's about, if, I had to, if I had to put money on it, I'd say both teams struggled a little bit on offense. I think it's going to be whatever team's able to run the ball the best. Mm. And, man, I, I think you just got to look and say, man, like Georgia, you know, obviously a lot of people get tired of SEC bias and all that good stuff. But I think you look at Georgia and you assume they're going to be able to lean on Michigan a little bit more than Michigan's able to lean on them. No, I think Georgia's able to – I think Georgia's able to squeak it out a little – I think Georgia's able to squeak it out. Man, the line's Georgia minus eight. I don't like Georgia by the eight points. I don't think Georgia wins. I think this comes down, like you said, for one of the games earlier, a field goal. Um, maybe a last minute or two touchdown to take the lead to win a game. I don't know if if this one gets too, too high scoring, man. I think Georgia's able to pull it out, but I don't <laughs> – I mean, this is probably this, out of all the games. This is the one I'm the least confident about. I don't know. I think this is a toss up either way. I think same here, what, DG. Yeah, man. Whichever, whichever. I think whichever offensive line 
is able to control the other team's defensive line wins this game. I know that's a cliche thing to say, but neither quarterbacks are elite. I mean, Cade McNamara's average at best. That's a better average at best. Um, I think they like to they like to do a little trickery. Both teams kind of run, you know, running some jet sweeps with their speedsters on the outside. They like running the ball a lot. You know, they'll they a lot both both teams a lot of the play action. So I think um, if you like old school football, man, it's a game to tune into for sure. Mm. Uh, do you think, you know, I like, I, you know, I, I know Michigan likes to throw J.J. McCarthy out there a little bit and uh, and and get him in the mix, get his legs in the mix. I think uh, I think Michigan needs him to to come in in certain situations. Uh, I don't think that Cade McNamara is going to be able to throw Michigan to a win. Uh, he will get a little happy. And he, he will toss it to the other team. team. <laughs> and uh, I just think that Zamir White and James Cook are a little better than what Michigan's got. And I think Georgia's offensive line, I think they're just going to slowly take control of the game. And and like you said, I'm not a fan of Georgia and the eight points. I think Michigan keeps it really close, but I think Georgia leans on them and they eventually take control at the line of scrimmage, and, and Georgia squeaks one out. I really do. I know some talking heads are saying that Georgia's just going to absolutely run away with it, which, you know, we hear David Pollock. He, he said, uh, I think he joined the J-Boy show and said that it was a bad matchup for Michigan. And I see where he's coming from because Cade McNamara, like I said, he's not going to throw him to a win. And uh, – and, I just think that Georgia's got the the a little bit more elite playmakers than Michigan's got, which I do like. I do like Blake Quorum and Hassan Haskins, but I don't see Michigan just continuously running the football on Georgia. And uh, I, I do think it's going to be a close game, though, because, because, you know, I look on the opposite side, and I don't see Stetson just lighting Michigan's defense up either, man. Yeah, I, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I think, like you said, man. I think both teams struggle to throw the ball. I don't think. I don't. I mean, my thing is, I don't know if either quarterback's gonna have enough time to really move the ball down the field. I think it's gonna be a lot of dink and dunk. I think, you know, Michigan's defensive line is gonna get after it. They're, they got some guys who can rush the quarterback well. Georgia's gonna obviously, you know, should for the most part stuff the run game, and then force McNamara to beat him with his arm. And I think, man, once they get pressure on him, I think, you know, his – I don't think he's an elite enough of a quarterback. He's not Bryce Young. He's not going to torch those – he's not going to take advantage of, you know, blown coverages or, you know, mishaps in the back end of the defense. So, I think, like like you said, man, I like Michigan in the plus, minus the eight or the plus eight. So, I like Georgia outright. I like Michigan with the spread. The over-under is 44-and-a-half, man. I think that – I. Obviously, we don't like these kind of games anymore, but I think it goes under that, man. I don't know if we yeah. see – I'm saying, dude, I think final score somewhere in the range of 21-17, you know, 20-16, to 16, something like that. A lot of field goals. If, you, if, you, if you're a fan of kicking, Pat McAfee's going to like this game. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking as well, like a 24-20, like a to 20, you know, something like that, man, like a 23-20. to 20. 23-17, something like that, man. I don't see a big scoring game out of this. But uh, we both – I see that we both agree that Alabama and Georgia, once again, people, the best conference in America. It always will be. Uh, the Southeastern Conference will reign. And uh, I think uh, I, I think we're going to see Alabama and Georgia in the national championship, uh, a flashback to 2017. And I think they are the best two teams in the country. And I think DG just heard him. Uh, he, you know, he he agrees with me. And and uh, ultimately, I think Alabama is going to win the national championship. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia won the national championship. But we will talk about that at a later date. Maybe maybe we get an upset. Maybe we get two upsets, and we talk about that. Uh, I'm excited. I don't want to see any more bowl games get canceled due to COVID. And uh, I hope that we get to play these uh, these playoffs. And, uh, you know, I just, DG, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. And uh, you were uh, terrific.
terrific, uh, great, great co-host to me. Uh, just you always bring your information. You always do your homework, and I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, and, uh, dude. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and give me your final thoughts, man. Yeah, dude. Like I said, I think Alabama. Even though people will say this is, you know, that they're they can they're hit or miss some games, man. Like the one game they lost, they gave you know they scored thirty eight points and gave up forty four or whatever it was. It wasn't like they just didn't show up at all. So I mean, I think Alabama, in my opinion, even though Georgia was number one all season, I think Alabama's been, in my opinion, offensively and defensively, the best team all year when it's you know when they've had to be. Um, I think they got the best players on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Georgia. I think Georgia's going to kind of be out to try to prove a point. Like, look, man, like, yeah, we 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 showed up in SD Championship game a little flat. We want to get back and get that get that opportunity to play them again. But like you said, man, we'll uh, we'll discuss that later on. Maybe we get upsets, like you said. Maybe we get to talk about a Michigan Cincinnati national championship or or a Georgia Cincinnati. You know, something crazy. I think it'd shock a lot of people if we were talking about Cincinnati this time next week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Um, and and. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate to see it either. I know yeah, you're gonna say, B. yeah, yeah. I didn't want to come out and say it. You know, I, I wanted to catch myself a little bit. You know, me being an Auburn fan, I wouldn't hate to see it, but I just don't see it. And yeah. uh, and you know, closing it out, I want to thank all of our our, our listeners and uh, everybody who shared the show, followed the show, subscribed. Uh, listen to us, um, help support the show. We did a um, we did a live video on Facebook earlier tonight, and we gave away fifty dollars. And I do want to give a big shout out to Mr. Tommy Deshera. He was our listener, and um, Mr. Tommy, uh, man, I-, I love you, man. And uh, Mr. Tommy sent the fifty dollars back to me, um, and. My dad had open heart surgery at the be- at the beginning of this year, and I'm I'm sorry I'm not trying to get emotional, but um, my dad had open heart surgery and he had to retire from his job, and my mom has been working two to three jobs, uh, to to help him you know stay afloat and and uh, old tickets, um, uh, and and he got to experience that this year, uh, even though Auburn lost, he absolutely loved it. And through a lot this year, man, and, and getting to celebrate the holidays with him, uh, it, it was just – it was amazing. And uh, I, we're thankful. And we just want to thank you, Mr. Tommy. And uh, I've known you for years, and I've enjoyed playing softball with you. And you've always been a class act. And, uh, you know, DG, I know you want to hit your go Gators. And uh, <laughs> you, you can go ahead and, and, and do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Like, like Blake said, thanks to the guy, to the people who support us. Thanks for listening. Um, we know starting a podcast is something a lot of people want to do. Something a lot of people, you know, like to do. It's fun. They're fun to listen to. It's, you know, it's fun to talk ball. Like we like we all like to watch it down here. Football, baseball, basketball. We just like to talk it, uh, watch it, get opinions on it. So uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. I know there probably ain't a lot of Florida fans that listen, you know, not yet, just because we're down here in Alabama and Auburn country. But for the ones of you out there, man, go Gators. I heard that, man. And, uh, you know, I, I always wrap it up with a war damn eagle. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we will catch you all on the next one. Appreciate it.